the added guilt and shame that I carry from the kids leaving and all the tension and all the previous, you know, things that we've had in the past, carrying those through that those six months made things so difficult. I felt so bad and I felt I felt like I really let everyone down. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 157 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. That's right. Y'all are not going to believe what we have to tell you. What do we have to tell? We were on TV. That's right. We hadn't talked about that, have we? No. We were on prime time. New Zealand TV. Mm-hmm. The Project New Zealand. That's right. We were so excited. That's right. <laughs> if you're interested in seeing it, because, you know, we couldn't even see it from <laughs> this side of the world. Um, if you're interested in seeing it, then we do have the video, and we will post it uh, in the show notes. Um, it is already on the Nacho Kids Academy uh, front page there, so it's there but we'll put it in the show notes and probably be putting it on the on the nachokids.com site on the front page as well at some point but it'll be in the show notes so you can check it out there and I do want to say they did a, a really good job of quickly and concisely telling you know just enough of the story to get it which is often hard to do you know <laughs> I wouldn't know I haven't watched it <laughs> I know you haven't but um I mean they started out with you know, how the the pictures of us looking like a happy family, you know, weren't really telling the whole truth that, you know, we were we were about to fall apart at the seams and um and then you started nachoing and you know what all that means. And uh it was it was good. It was good. It was a really good introduction to uh, what nachoing is, and of course they asked us some questions, and and uh, and we did that. And if anybody's ever been on TV or or even radio when it's pre-recorded, you you probably know that they record a bunch, but only use a tiny bit. <laughs> so um, this was kind of one of those things where I don't, I don't know. I think we recorded what twenty five thirty minutes worth of stuff, and I think they ended up using probably about five minutes worth. Yeah, probably about 20 minutes. Yeah. But we were on New Zealand radio a, mm-hmm. a week or two before that. So, yeah, I think the guy that we interviewed with on the radio, which, by the way, they aired the entire interview, which was shocking. Um, so it was, I don't know, 28 minutes or so that we talked to him. And that's, I mean, they published the whole thing. I was really surprised because I've been on, I've been on radio and TV before where, They'll interview 15 minutes and then you get eight seconds <laughs> on the show. It's just that one little blurb. But um, the apparently the, the radio station is like an affiliate for the TV station. So um, I'm guessing we did such a good job that they wanted to do on the TV part. So was uh was was glad that that primetime is taking an interest in what's out there to help step families. Because how many times do we hear people say, I didn't know these resources existed? So yeah. it, it's good that, that, that that's getting out. Even in the own fa- in our own Facebook group, 
people say, I didn't know there was an academy, mm-hmm. which is astonishing considering it's part of the picture at the top. At the yeah. top. It, it just goes to show that people don't necessarily pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we talk about it so often. And I haven't had anybody say anything like, I wish y'all quit talking about it. But if you want to know, why do y'all mention it every single episode? It's because we can mention it every single episode and somebody's still going to say, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's the place that we can help you. Simple. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't watch them because I will pick them apart and say, I should have said this. I should have said that. Or look, that eyebrow's crooked or something. And it would drive me insane. So when your dad said it was good, I was like, huh, it must not have been too shabby. But he did say, I wonder who that intelligent speaking lady was beside David. <laughs> he did say that. I'm like, what you talking about, Papa? Yeah. So anyway, so- all you New Zealanders, thank you for being so kind to us and having us on your radio and TV. And maybe one day we can meet you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Let's go to New Zealand. Yeah, let's go. I'll see the Kiwi people. Yes. All right. <laughs> let's go ahead and announce our winner to the Nacho Kids Academy. Okay. Courtesy of Linda Dunham is dun, 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 Morgan R. Congratulations, Morgan R. Check your email and we will get you started in the Nacho Kids Academy. And you put the work in and you will see a change in your life. Ain't that the truth? Yes. But there's the caveat there. You have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. It's like joining a gym and not ever going. You're not going to get any benefit from it. Yep. It's like I can I can slide a nice four-course meal in front of you, but I can't make you eat it. What? <laughs> I think you got too much sun today, David. I did. Look at how red my face is. Uh, let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> a disclaimer to this podcast. There is mention of suicide. Just want to throw that out there. And our guest today is Danielle. She has been blending for four and a half years. Stepson, 17, stepdaughter, 19, and bio son, 16. The stepkids have pretty much decided not to come visit any longer. And her significant other blames her for them not coming. Mm. That's hard, y'all. That's hard. And here's the thing is we see it all the time where step parents, stepmoms in particular, will say, That kid's not coming back in my house. You are creating a huge divide. Mm -hmm. Granted, I understand if the stepkid has harmed your bio children or tried to poison you or something like that, but I would never tell David his kids were not welcome in this house. Maybe the girlfriends of the kids, but not the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about some of this. Yeah, I'm the one telling David, no, you can't tell them their girlfriends can't come. (laughs) Anyway, the hardest part of blending for Danielle was household expectations and rules. Then another hardest part (laughs) for Danielle was building a relationship with the stepchildren. And another hardest part (laughs) was the anxiety that comes the day of stepkids' arrival. Mm. I remember that. Oh, my gosh. I remember that Sunday before they would come back that Monday, I would just start getting stressed. I was getting stressed. Everybody was getting stressed. They were getting stressed. Yeah, because I knew even though I you know, was dying to get my kids back, I knew what came with that. Like I knew the tension in the air 
the possibility of a blow up at any split second. And it was, it was extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. So, and it was terrible feeling like, you know, I won't, I can't wait to see my kids, but at the same time, I'm scared to death of what's going to happen the whole time they're here. Yeah. So we get it, y'all. We know those transition days are hard. Every I mean, day is hard. <laughs> well, but the thing is, not long after I started nachoing, I didn't feel that way. I didn't have that stress with when they were coming back. And then I know this is hard to believe. It turned into I was looking forward to them coming. It is hard, <gasps> to, it is hard to believe. And when they moved out, it made me sad. And one of the triplets is supposed to come back, get out of the Air Force this month. And I'm so excited for him to come stay with us. Mm-hmm. But then I'm sad thinking he's going to leave us soon. <laughs> yeah. He won't stay forever. No, but at least he'll be back for a little bit and he'll be closer. Yeah. So we can go see him more often. Well, the one thing I miss is like not having an occasion where we're all together again. That hasn't happened since they all left for the military. Yeah. So what what were you going on like four or five years now? Well, two more years and Branson will get out and we'll all be able to do family day or something. Yeah. I mean, I have had the opportunity to see them all, just not all together. Mm -hmm. And interesting is they've not all had the opportunity to see each other. So I'm, I'm the only one that's seen all four of them. (laughs) They've not all seen each other. But um, it's it's uh it's weird that sometimes they run into each other like uh like Branson and Avery you know in order for them to see each other they had to do it in Tokyo <laughs> yeah and then uh, Avery's getting ready to go where Ethan just got back from in Saudi Arabia but mm-hmm. you know they're crossing paths they won't get to see each other but yeah. yeah I'd be I'd be glad to get them all back together again and um. See how that goes. We can have Sunday dinners, but David can cook because, you know, they are not my kids. <laughs> That's right. I can That's right. Do, I can do call out. Uh-huh. All right, folks. Let's get to listening. All right. But first, if you don't know, <laughs> there is a Nacho Kids Academy. What? And you can, <laughs> and you can find it at com. if you want to know more about how to get the help you need to lessen your stress and better your blend. All right. Let's get it. Today, we have stepmom, Danielle. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. And David's here with us, folks. Hey, Danielle. Hey. You know how many people just cut off their listening when they heard your voice, David? Nobody did. (laughs) In fact, they're calling the family in. Yeah. Everybody come, get around. (laughs) David's on, and he hasn't been on in a while. (laughs) All right, so Danielle... I'll just tell you, David is not very sensitive and likes to make jokes. So if he offends you, I'm sorry. <laughs> Warning taken. All right. So tell us how long you've been blending, how many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, all that happy stuff. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. So my partner and I have been together for four and a half years. And uh, we have we don't have any kids together. We each have our own. So I have one one son. He is 16. And my partner has two. He's got a daughter and a son. So his boy is 17. And his daughter's 19. So they're all fairly close in age and all fairly grown up. Okay. So how often do you have the stepkids and your bio kid? 
Yeah, so I have my son full time. He lives with us here. And uh, it's actually a pretty quiet household right now. Um, my stepdaughter, uh, she moved out a couple of years ago and decided to live with her mom. She comes by from time to time, although not often. She's busy working. And my stepson, he was coming every other week. But there's been some tension between the households. And um, it's it's been pretty hard. And so he's actually just recently decided to stay at his mom's. So right now it's just my son and my partner and I here. How does your husband feel about that? You know, he's torn. Um, I think he senses the tension between me and his stepson or and his son, rather. It's hard because he wants me to be happy and he senses my anxiety with the coming and going. And he also wants his son to be happy naturally. So, um, you know, it's hard to say kind of goodbye to him, although you know, he has what he needs at his mom's and he's happy there. And his job's also in the city that his mom lives in. So naturally, it, it sort of makes sense for him to to be there. And, you know, at some point going back and forth kind of becomes hard for the for the for the kids too. you know, they've got to yeah. pack up their life every week and they've got kind of two separate lives. So it's hard for them too. Right. It is hard. And sometimes we forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So how far away does Bio Mom live? Well, she lives about a half an hour to town in a smaller town. So it's not super far, but, um, you know, it's far enough where, um, it's, it's definitely a, an hour commute. So it's a commitment to, to pick them up and drop them off. Right. So does your significant other have any animosity or blame you for any of the fact that his kids are not there anymore full-time? Yes, absolutely. There's, that's, I, I would say that's our number one conflict. Um, the number one, I guess, stressor in our house. You know, we came into this relationship. I had never been in a blended family before. And, you know, before all this, I think in my head, I I thought, wow, this is perfect. You know, he's got kids around the same age as me. This is what I want. I've been craving the family life. And, and until you get really into the whole situation, you don't understand or realize the emotions that come with it and the stress and the anxiety and then just all the different moving parts. And four years in, and I'm, I'm kind of like, well, that wasn't really what I wanted. And it was a lot harder than I anticipated. And I didn't handle it well. And I will admit, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I have caused a lot of attention. So, you know, there is a bit of animosity there from his end of things. And some of it's kind of deserved, you know, so it's definitely complex, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So, so you didn't go into this thing thinking, I want to see how bad I can screw things up <laughs> and cause a lot of problems and I want to run everybody off. And this would be, that would be the perfect way to have a great family. You didn't do that. God, no. God, no. You know, and I pictured, I had a lot of things I pictured in my head at how this would go. And you know, at first, don't get me wrong. At first things were, were great. You know, the kids got along well and the two boys, well, they're so close in age. They hit it off really well. Mm-hmm. They hit off so well that they actually uh, ended up clashing a little too well. And then they had, I got a little bit of a scrap and, and once they fought it out, they were friends again. And so, you know, at the beginning, it was awesome. It just tension sort of rose and the, the going back and forth and the different rules in both households caused a lot of um, disagreements and tension. And so, yeah, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't what I pictured it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the different, the different rules in different households. How did you navigate that? Or maybe the better question is, how did you figure out that things just weren't working with how you were trying to navigate that? I started to realize that 
the different rules in the different households was causing issues when I, I was noticing that expectations that I had for my son weren't the same expectations that my partner had for his kids, especially around the contributing to the household, you know, cleaning and doing chores and things like that. My partner's definitely more laid back and his, my stepchildren's mom is also very much more laid back and I'm a tidy person. And so right from the get-go, those things definitely clashed. And, you know, if I look back on that in hindsight, I wish we would have had clear communications and expectations laid out before we even moved in together. And so I guess if that's any advice to any step families out there that haven't moved in together is, you know, lay those things out, talk about them and communicate what your expectations are before moving in, because we definitely uh, put the cart before the horse there and, and didn't plan any of that thing, any of that stuff out. Yeah. Well, you know, us guys, we're like, dude, I just want you to move in. I'll agree to whatever you say. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's that's not far from the truth. <laughs> well, and a lot of that too is the expectations that you have. So say for instance, your partner didn't have chores for his kids and you think he should, and that's something y'all agree on, right? Then he needs to implement that before you move in. Because if he waits till you move in to implement that, it's on you. They blame you for everything. Yeah, exactly. Nothing changed. Nothing changed until Danielle came around. Right. Yes. Yes. And and that's exactly it. And so all these little changes started happening when I came around. And so where does the blame go? And I, I, I think there's a balance. I need to meet him in the middle of some things too. But yes, at the end of the day, all of these changes ended up getting pointed at me. And so I'm the evil stepmom, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my partner... He also doesn't want to be the bad guy and put all these things on him. So sometimes he'll play the, I don't know what you guys have. You, guys, you have a name for it. Oh, we'll come up with one. The, the Disney parent. I think that's the name you guys use for it. Mm-hmm. Disney dad, guilty parent Disney syndrome. Dad. Yes. And I think that's, that happens or has been happening a lot. So that's also kind of a frustrating thing. Yeah. I can, I can see how, especially now with his kids moving out. You know, he's probably reflecting back on things that he should have done and things that went wrong. What What are you guys doing to try to improve the situation from here? Because it's not that, you, you know, you're not sitting here going, okay, well, they moved out. I guess we're done. I mean, you, there's still a lot that you've got to figure out. You got to, you know, there's some damage to the relationships. Yeah, you need the, to heal your relationship with your partner. Yeah. So what are you guys yeah, doing no. on that front? There's definitely a lot of things to figure out and, and our parenting lives don't just stop when the kids move out. That's for sure. <laughs> right. So I think, true. <laughs> right. And so, so one of the things that we decided upon shortly before my stepson decided to move back to his mom's permanently was to take that nacho approach. We did find that we were sort of butting heads, you know, my, my partner would be telling my son, do this, do that. And I would be frustrated and telling my stepson, do this, do that. And we just both decided, you know what, let's focus on parenting our own kids. And that, and that actually worked, started working really well. So that was one of the things that we kind of did. And I think that's actually helped strengthen the relationship between my son and my partner, mm-hmm. where it's more on a, I want to say friend level without taking that to too inappropriate level. Like you don't want to be friends with your kids, but it's not a, it's not a stepdad and a stepkid relationship. Now it's just more, they see eye to eye and they can appreciate each other on a sort of adult to adult level. Right. More of like a mentor. You know? 
Exactly. Yes. Um, and so that's kind of the first step, you know, and the next step is sort of rebuilding the relationships with our adult kids. And, and I, I don't know what that looks like yet. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of tension still between my stepdaughter and I. She's actually fairly close in age with me. And I think right from the get go, that maybe have that maybe caused a bit of jealousy on honestly, on both of our parts, you know, she's got someone coming into her dad's life that is close to her age and is taking her time away from her dad. And so that alone is hard. That's hard for someone to swallow. And then for me, it's, you know, she's close to my age and it's just kind of an odd situation. And so having just to kind of navigate around that. And so that that's really stemmed into a lot of tension that that still needs to be addressed. And it hasn't, I, I don't have a game plan for that just yet. And I don't know what that looks like for our future. So to be transparent with you, we, we haven't figured that one out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, how old are you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm 32 and, uh, my stepdaughter is 21. Okay. So you're closer in age to her than your husband, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Yeah. For Just some, to clarify. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, is she like 23? <laughs> like your bio son <laughs> is 16, right? Hmm. Yeah, so I, I did have I did have my son at an early age, so that kind of puts things that in a perspective for you there. So yeah, my partner's my partner's forty. Now I'm I'm putting myself on the spot here. <laughs> I believe he's forty. Yeah, she's still and, a young one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting mix, and um, you know, my partner and I were we are working on things, and I think honestly, I think our next step is now that the kids are kind of self-sufficient in a way, I think it's time to work on us again and kind of build back the relationship that maybe we sort of kind of, some of that foundation kind of crumbled through navigating the step family thing. And I think now it's, it's us time. Let's fix this. Let's, you know, let's, let's start again and, and make things better. Yeah. And that's so easy for that to happen because you focus on the kids Mm-hmm. Yeah. and you fo- whether you focus on them doing something wrong so you can tattle on them to the bio parent or you're focusing on trying to build relationships with them. And it's so easy for your marriage or your relationship to hit the back burner. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you forget and you lose sight of what's important and not to say that the kids aren't important, right? but where, where's the family without the partners, right? Mm -hmm. That's the foundation of the family. Mm -hmm. Well, I often tell people to think about it when you're on an airplane and they're going through their safety check thing. They always say, if something happens and you see the oxygen mask drop, you need to put your mask on first before you try to help somebody else. Yes. Because you're no good to anybody else if you can't breathe and if you're out. <laughs> and it's the same way in a relationship. You are no good to help somebody else until you yourself you know, are stable and you have what you need. So you have to work on that relationship and get that where it needs to be before you can reach beyond that to help everybody else around you. Right. And how often yeah. do you have your bio son? Yeah, he's with us. He's with us full time. His dad lives um, in another province, actually. So he doesn't get to see him very often. So that's also an interesting thing because, you know, we we have him full time and we definitely don't get to see his kids nearly as often. So, so feeling a little bit outweighed. And I think that maybe also causes a little bit of resentment. Yes. Naturally. So, right. Yeah, you're you're definitely right. Yeah. And David can attest to that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure because, you know, Jackson only goes to his dad's every other weekend, a week here or there during the summer. And David's kids, in the beginning, we had them at 11 out of 14 days, but then it switched to 50-50. Mm-hmm. 
And that was like a 225 thing or 223. I don't know how it was. But then it finally went week to week. And when Jackson would go to his dad's, I missed him. Mm -hmm. And if I made a comment, David didn't say this, but, you know, I've learned since. I said it in my head. (laughs) That he said in his head. Go ahead, David. What did you say in your head? I said, oh, you miss your little kid. He's only been gone 24 hours. I've been gone for four days, and I got three more to go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I can't. It's very difficult for me to have empathy when 48 hours is your maximum time you're not going to see your son. And I'm like, I would gladly take 48 hours over having to wait a week. But that didn't take away the way that I felt. No, it doesn't change how she feels, but it changed because I I wanted to have that empathy to say, oh, you know, I'm sorry you feel this way or whatever. But instead of me feeling like, oh, I'm sorry you feel this way, it was more like, huh, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so hard to be in your shoes in that situation. And just kind of flipping it around, you know, I have my son full time and my partner doesn't ever get a quote unquote break from him. Whereas I, when we did have his kids week on week off, I got to have those breaks and and I needed that for my mental health. And so, you know, in a way I can actually empathize with him. I feel like he deserves a break from having kids in the house. And I appreciate him being so patient and not, you know, commenting on the fact that my son is here full time and he is so good with that. I really appreciate appreciate him being so patient about that because I have made comments to him, you know, when are your kids going home? You know, it's five o'clock. Their mom should be here to pick them up already. You know, it's it's our week now. And and I will admit that. And so it's very selfish of me. So I appreciate him, you know, being patient with that. Yeah. I'm glad that you realize, I, I don't know how to say it, that that was kind of selfish of you. Because yeah, sure. if he would have been like, well, your kid never goes. He could have easily came back with that. But when is your son going to his dad's so we can have our week or we can have our time? Exactly. And he's never said any comments like that to me. And and I really appreciate that. There's never really been any of those those comments. And no tip for tat. No, no. And, you know, I I deal with mental health issues. I, I've been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And um, along with that comes depressive symptoms and, and um, anxiety. And so you know, the stepkids coming around, while it's not their fault, the coming and going has definitely exacerbated my anxiety and some of my borderline symptoms. And I've definitely, I've definitely done things and said things that I'm not proud of. And my partner's just been so, so amazingly patient and forgiving through all those times. And so (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this, but I feel like, you know, he deserves a lot more than I've given him. And I just wanted to give him credit for all the patience that he's had through this. It's blended families are not, are not easy. They are, there's a lot to navigate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And don't think that we're judging you in any way, shape or form because we're not. Mm-hmm. I'm sure well, I appreciate that. Yeah. many stepmoms, well, I'd say the majority of stepmoms think the same thing. It's 5 o'clock or it's 5.01. Where is she? She's supposed to come get her kid. There's sometimes I feel that way about my own kids. (laughs) (laughs) And see, that's okay, David. So, you know, don't think that we're judging you because we've all made mistakes. And we've learned from those mistakes, and you have too. Yeah. For sure. Part of the beauty of our journey is that we've screwed up in probably as many ways as anybody (laughs) <laughs> and so we know we did everything wrong. So you didn't have to. Hey, that's our new logo or slogan. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we've made a, a lot of mistakes, and there was a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And it takes a long time, even when you're working, like actively working on it. It takes a long time. So if you're not actively working on it, if you're kind of passively like, oh, I hope things just settle down over time. I don't think you can do that. Like it might calm down, but you've really got to work on repairing some stuff that that gets deep. And sometimes you don't even realize it's there until one day somebody says something a certain way. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, why did that just bother me so bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your husband has never said to you directly, you're the reason my kids aren't here or you made my kids leave. Uh, no, he's definitely ha- made those comments. You know, I think out of anger and also, you know, part truthfulness, there's some truth to that. So I wouldn't say no. He he definitely has said those comments before, for sure. Yeah. But where, but where does that leave you? Like, what is your response? Yeah, right. yeah you're right. Or what am I supposed to do about it now? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that that's a great question. And I, you know, obviously those comments hurt. They hurt a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It hurts me that he said that to you. Yeah. And, you know, it hurts me that he feels that and it hurts me to know that he is hurting. Mm -hmm. And I think hearing that, obviously, I don't want to hear that. That's that's obviously not what I want to hear from him. But it it just it sort of makes me understand that there's some things that need to change. And so I think that motivates me to you know, mend some of the damage that's been done, you -hmm. know, whether that's just reaching out to my stepson and taking him out for lunch or offering to help him practice for his driver's license, even just little things like that, I know go a long way. And those little things mean a lot to my partner. So no, I don't want to hear that from him. But it, it also is a reminder to me that I need to do better. And I know I can do better. Yeah. Well, just the fact that you, number one, recognize it. And number two, you do want to address it. That You don't understand how far just those two things go. Mm-hmm. A lot of people either never get to the point where they can see it or they see it, but they don't really want to address it. You'd be shocked at how many people don't get to the stage of where they're like, yeah, I see it and I need to do something about it. I think it's easy to avoid, especially for situations like this. And, you know, now that the, the kids aren't here, I feel like I could settle in and just say, you know what, I'll just avoid this. It'll fix itself on its own. But I know that's not the, the route to take. These kids are going to be in my life for good. And mm-hmm. even if they're adults, they're still coming around. It's still going to, we're still going to have Christmas together. Grandkids. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so do I want to spend the rest of my life avoiding and feeling this way? Or do I want to face the anxiety and face the problems and start working on unmending them and building these relationships? Because building this relationship with these kids is, is building a relationship more with my partner too, at the end of the oh, day. Absolutely. That is a fantastic point because I don't care how much I love Lori if there's some animosity between her and my kids, it affects that relationship. Yeah. Oh, now you tell me. I'm yep. kidding. <laughs> 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 well, have the stepkids ever came out and said, you're the reason we're not there or we don't want to be there because of Danielle? There's been a few comments for sure. Um, the first one was, was with my stepdaughter. Um, she had... It's a, it's a bit of a weird situation, I guess. So our house is is not big. It's kind of small and it's not 
overly soundproof and there's been some conversations that have been overheard by the kids and some conversations that have been maybe taken back to the other family's house that maybe shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that probably happens with a lot of families and um, just some information that maybe just didn't need to go back to the other family. And without getting into too many details, I, I received a message from my stepdaughter that was not very nice. And we had stopped talking for probably about six months after that. I didn't respond to the message. It was it was pretty negative. She had she told me to kill myself <sighs> and she said that she hopes that my, her dad leaves me and that's kind of where she left it and and I thought I'm not going to respond I'm going to just leave it I'm going to let it be for a while and and we didn't talk for 6 months so that that was a big one and 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 it caused a lot of strain in everyone's relationship christmas passed and I had to find a way to avoid christmas because I couldn't be I didn't want to face her and I didn't want to I didn't want to be around her. So I ducked out and made an excuse and I went to my family's house for Christmas instead of spending family Christmas with my family. Right. So you mean it's yeah. it's a little late to tell you this, but <laughs> um <laughs> the the thing that is the most detrimental part of a problem like that is the length of time from the time that it happens to the time it's addressed. And the shorter that time frame, the more successful it is that you address it and get a proper positive resolution out of it. The longer it takes for it to be addressed, the harder it is to get a positive uh, resolution out of it. But that's what we default to. We default most of the time to, wow, I just need to back off and let this sit for a while and you know, let maybe things calm down. Yeah, maybe it'll go away or whatever. And so we don't yeah. want to. We don't want to address it. But the 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 studies and the proof is that the quicker we now, I don't mean when I say quick, I don't mean let's address it as soon as it happens. But the shorter that gap is from the time that it happens until the time you try to come up with some type of conversation to resolve it, the more successful that is. First of all, why didn't you tell me that a year ago? <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you there. And I think, like I said, it's just, it's, we take, sometimes take the easy route and avoid. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. And, and you're right. And, you know, once I, once I reached out, actually, you know, she reached out to me and, and apologized and that took some time. And I think I should have probably said something sooner, but she reached out and she apologized. And even just from that moment, I just felt such a big weight off my shoulders and so much hope that, you know, maybe this relationship is salvageable and that we can build upon it again. And I felt, I felt so much more connected even to my partner. I I think, you know, having that conversation with my stepdaughter, my took so much stress out of my partner's life. Right, because he's mm-hmm. torn between you and his daughter. Mm-hmm. He's stuck in the middle, yeah. and he's stuck in the middle with all of this. And I, I can't imagine what that feels like. Mm. It sucks. It feels like this, David. She can't see your face. He's squishing <laughs> both hands on his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm impressed that the stepdaughter reached out to you and apologized. Mm-hmm. It was very mature of her, and you know, even just what she said, it, it was. It, it was very mature and I can tell she meant it. And I know she's a great gal and I know that we're, we're going to, to re- rebuild this relationship. 
I just think it's going to take a little bit of time and just baby steps, step yeah. by step, and and things and things will get better. I'm hopeful, and yeah, I, I wanted to. I want to go back to enjoying Christmas with my family and seeing my partner happy and and all being together because that's what I really that's what I really like. Right, and you can't push it. You can't all of a sudden try to be her best friend. No, y- y'all no. both have to heal from what happened. Not saying you necessarily have to discuss it because she apologized. It may not need to be discussed anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't beat a dead horse kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm really impressed that she reached out to you. And it's good that you didn't just ignore her. Mm -hmm. You could have just ignored that. I could have. But you didn't. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, too, that. I don't disagree with it may not need to be discussed, but I also feel like it's not a bad idea to make sure that's the way she feels too. Like it doesn't hurt to say, do we need to talk? Yeah. About do we need to talk about this any further or are we good kind of thing? And so you do open the door up to say, if there's still some hurt there, if there's still some things we need to talk through, I don't want you to feel like I've dismissed it just because you apologized. Right. Yeah. Do, that's that's really good advice. Good job, David. you know. And it's the 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 nice thank you. <laughs> good job, David. The nice <laughs> thing about having stepkids who are, you know, becoming adults is we can have those kind of conversations, and it is on a mature level. And so I think it just takes it to a different dynamic, and I, I like that, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, because ultimately, people want to know that you care about them. And not necessarily that you care about the outcome for you. And so Mm -hmm. when you do that, when you approach it with, you know, what can I do to make sure you are okay? Uh, Everything else kind of falls into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sitting here thinking about the six months that you didn't respond. Honestly, Danielle, you probably didn't know how to respond. Some of it might have been avoidance, but then the other part of it's like, well, what do I say? Oh, sorry, I can't, you know, accommodate you with that. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the tricky part about that situation was I was, you know, in one of my lowest particular moments of life, I was dealing with some major depression and I was actually off work at the time and I'm dealing with a lot of suicidal thoughts. And so it just, oh, it just gosh. hit at the wrong moment. Mm. It hit, it really hit at the wrong moment. So, I mean, at that point, like I, I really didn't know what to say and yeah, it it hit hard and it hurt. And so I think reaching out would have been, even if I wanted to at that point, I don't even think I could have. Well, that would hurt anybody not going through what you were going through, but you're already going through this. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. God you didn't listen to her and you yeah. didn't kick into, yeah, that's what I should do. I should just make everybody's life better and kill myself. Well, yeah. And even just like the added... The added guilt and shame that I carry from the kids leaving and all the tension and all the previous, you know, things that we've had in the past, carrying those through that, those six months made things so difficult. I felt so bad and I felt, I felt like I really let everyone down and I just, I wanted to be this, I just had in my head this, to be this picture perfect stepmom, this cool mom that you could you could trust, you could talk to, was chill, was, you know, just laid back. You can hang out with me or we go shopping, whatever. And it just, it didn't work out that way. And I just felt like I really just let, I let my partner down and I let the kids down. 
things aren't always the way we hope they are. <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me give you some hope in in saying that when when you go through things like this and you're able to repair that relationship, it becomes a relationship that is much deeper than those that don't go through something like that. Right. Oh, that makes me feel so hopeful. Thanks for that. Well, and I don't want you to beat yourself up because of what's happened in the past, because number one, you can't change it. And number two, it's like you said, this blending stuff's hard. You didn't know any better to do not do the things you did or to do the things you didn't do, whatever. You do the best that you know. That's right. And so I know how easy it is to get stuck in that spiral of negative thinking and think, well, you know, my husband's sad because his kids aren't here. His kids aren't here because of me. I did this. I did that. And then the next thing you know, you're upset about something that happened four years ago. Don't do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. If you start to think about it, say, you know what? That's in the past. And I'm looking forward to changing our relationships in the future. Yes. Yep. Speak that positiveness into your head. Live in the now. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I, I'm finding comfort in being part of the Nacho Kids group on Facebook is even just if I can give a little bit of advice to others and help others who might be, you know, in the situation that I was four years ago, you know, if I may not be able to change my past, but maybe I can help others and at least be a listening ear to other moms and dads who are going through the same struggles. Right. Yeah. Just, just remember, Danielle, there, you are three different people. You are past Danielle, present Danielle, and future Danielle. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is that present Danielle has to pay for what past Danielle has done. And future Danielle pays for what present Danielle does. So if present Danielle can make good decisions, then it's better for future Danielle. And so, that, <laughs> and so you want to make sure you are trying to improve that person. You just split my personalities all up. <laughs> well, see, Lori's got eight personalities. Hers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, David. And yeah. it's true. You know, if we knew the price we were going to pay for decisions and choices that we made or things that we said in the past, surely we wouldn't have said them. But how would we grow? Mm-hmm. We can't yeah. grow if we don't make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I think we have to take those as learning opportunities because that is really what they are. You know, we can't dwell on those mistakes. I think right. we just need to see see what we've done and see how we can do it better next time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the good thing is you, you do learn from them, hopefully, because mm-hmm. here's what we did. And we see this a lot. You, you come in and you start doing these step family things, you know, that you think are going to be the things are supposed to be done. They're not working, but instead of saying, wow, this is not working, let's try something different, you go, this is not working. We need to do harder. We need to try it harder and do more. (laughs) It's like (laughs) doing more of what doesn't work doesn't make it work. Mm -hmm. But that's what a lot of us do, and that's what we did. We were like, wow, we just need to try harder and do more. (laughs) Because that's what society and everything we had read had told us to do, just love the kids more, just – more, more, yeah, more, more, more. Yeah, you're driving in the wrong direction, but if you go faster, <laughs> all of a sudden you'll be in the right direction. That doesn't work. 
Isn't that the truth? And I think that's one of the things coming into this blended family is, is the expectation that you're supposed to love your stepkids right away. And I was trying to force that on myself. I need to love these kids. I need to have the same feeling for them as I do for my own. You can't force those feelings. It, it just happens and it'll come on its own time and it'll be a different it'll be a different feeling than you have for your own kids naturally. You can't force that stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's everybody has different feelings, period. I, I mean, I know some people that say, I absolutely do feel like I love them like my own. And then other people are like, mm-hmm. I just like them and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And it does, and there's no right or wrong. It's what it's wherever it lands that's good for everybody. Yeah. I think it's what works for your family. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I'm curious, is your partner's birthday coming up? Oh, Father's Day is coming up. Father's Day is coming up. Yes. What do we normally do for Father's Day? And he actually usually spends it with with the kids. My son generally gets him a little something um, because he doesn't really have a dad in his life. I don't think he considers him necessarily dad, but he thinks of him as a fatherly role that right. he's never really had. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it generally father Father's Day is, is um, you know, the kids come around and things like that. So it, it's good. It makes him happy. And, and you know, I don't know what this Father's Day is going to be going to bring. Um, like I said, there's still some tension and some things going on. So maybe this is a good opportunity to face my fears, get over my anxiety all kind of come together and celebrate Father's Day as a family. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Just, you know, you can reach out and say, I know um, you probably plan to see your dad on Father's Day. Maybe we can time it where you come at lunchtime and I can fix lunch. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. It doesn't have to be a big ordeal. It doesn't have to be, you know, a Sunday dinner, put yourself out, stressing yourself out, order pizza. I mean, just something simple, but... Just you reaching out says a lot. It's a small opening the door for mm-hmm. opportunities for future. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. And some people will do something that's really quick. Like like she mentioned, you might want to have something where it's a, a quick lunch or something like that, where you're not saying, hey, come over, let's hang out all day. <laughs> and, and really, nobody is wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not even the kids, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you just do something really short or whatever. You just you just want to have that introduction quick, you know, however, whatever you feel comfortable with and everybody else is comfortable with. Of the stepkids, who do you think that you're more likely to have a quicker turnaround with? I think just given the, the most recent situation, I think the quick turnaround would probably be my stepdaughter and I. Um, there hasn't really been any n- n- real animosity between us for, for some time now. And it's been a while since we've sort of made up and, and had the apologies and things like that. Whereas with my stepson, um, it's pretty fresh. You know, he did just leave. And like I said, he left on a few different for a few different reasons, but um, I'm definitely one of those. And so I think, yeah, it's it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of get that that relationship back to where it should be. Yeah, I think I want to admit that the, the distance, I think, will help. And I think having the the different dynamic where we're all adults and, you know, we can meet for lunch instead of the parenting duties, per se. I just think that different right. dynamic will help us regain a, a, a better relationship. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It may work to your advantage, and this is a may, I'll underline that. It may work to your advantage if the stepdaughter relationship is improved a lot 
as fast as you not, well, I mean, it needs to work in its own speed, but what I'm getting at is if if she's kind of in your corner while you're working on stepson, then there might be a, a way that she can help facilitate things on your behalf too. I, I agree. You know, if they have a good relationship, because I know like even with my kids, there's times when one of them will talk to the other one and they end up having a different viewpoint simply because their sibling talked to them and it makes my job easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. I think my stepdaughter does definitely have a lot of influence on my stepson. So I definitely don't disagree with you there. I think building that relationship with her will definitely alleviate some of the tension between my stepson and I definitely. Yeah. He'll see that our relationship is building and I think he'll feel more inclined to feel safe. Exactly. You know, not that he doesn't feel unsafe, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. 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 Cause if he sees, if he sees that, Oh, wait a minute, my sister's got, you know, something's going on there. They apparently have mended some things. And then if they get into a conversation, even if he goes, I still don't like her and she's a blah, blah, blah. The girl may say, yeah, but she's trying you know, give her a chance. Mm-hmm. And so it, it mm-hmm. plants that seed of, well, well, you know what? Maybe I should give her a chance. And so it just, it helps you out. There's no way it hurts you uh, to have that happen. Yeah, definitely. I do want to caution you that before you ask them about coming for Father's Day and doing lunch or whatever, remind yourself if they can't come or they say no, that that's not a failure in you reaching out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that you reached out is, you know, it, it moves people. Just the fact that you asked. Yeah. I don't want you to ask them and then, you know, them say, no, we can't or whatever. And then you feel defeated because yeah. that's, that's not what what's happening. You're making progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times that's have a you good heard, reminder. How many times have you heard people say, well, even though I couldn't come, you should have asked. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they they just sure. want, they just want to feel like you know it was important enough to to for you to reach out. Yep. Yeah. It, totally. Even if one of them responds and says, "No, I don't see that happening," or "I can't come," just say, "Okay, just thought I would ask." There's no need for a long discussion about it. I know it will probably hurt your feelings a little bit, but you're going to have to remind yourself, "I'm still making progress. I did the That's right." That's right. Thing. I think I was the bigger person by planting the seed regardless of what the outcome was I'm putting in some effort and I think over time whether they say no at this point over time that will close that gap and that's what we want right and I know for for us the time that it took for us to get into trouble was short the time it took Mm -hmm. us to get out of trouble was long (laughs) yeah Yeah. kind of like restriction you do one thing wrong you're on restriction for three weeks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. same with weight loss and weight gain you know you can gain weight so quickly but to lose it it just so it's kind of the same thing you know you, yep. it, it takes work yeah but I do want to make sure that you and your husband are working on y'all I know that it's not easy to find a counselor or a therapist I don't even know if your husband's open to it but at some point Y'all need to have the discussion that, yes, you realize that you were part of the problem, but you can't change it. And you never behaved in the way you did with the intentions Mm -hmm. of, I'm going to run his kids out of the house. Yeah, that is definitely something that needs to be unpacked. You know, whether that's next week or maybe a year from now, it's 
it is something if we need, if we want to move forward, we definitely need to unpack that. And he agrees. Um, I, I, I don't think he would not want to go to therapy with me. Um, he's definitely supportive of that. He recognizes that there are some things that we need to, to discuss. So, um, and, you know, outside of therapy, he and I are fairly good at communicating when there are issues and we work at being a couple. We, we focus on making sure that we dedicate every time each week for quality time. And that yeah. alone does so much for us. It just, I think that's what's honestly kept us going through some of these tough times is just prioritizing that quality time each week. And that's so good. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're doing that. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of step families, they get so tied up in step family things and tasks and stuff. And I, I, I'll admit our kids are grown up, so we don't have a lot of those responsibilities that some other step families do, mm-hmm. but you'd still, regardless of what you're doing and how young your kids are and how busy you are you have to prioritize time for yourselves. You have to, because where's your, what's the point in your relationship, right? And and what's going to happen if you're not prioritizing you, your relationship? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, it happens in, in nuclear families as well. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I read a study yeah. years ago, they were talking about the seven year itch and it's not necessarily the seven year itch where somebody goes out and cheats. It was just talking about the fact that there seems to be a, Time frame of every seven years for the first uh, the first three seven year periods that things change. Even your taste change. Your taste yeah. taste buds. But you have in in the first seven years after you have kids, you know they're they're going from an infant into you know school age. So first seven years. So there's a lot of stressors in there, and then the next seven years they're going into the teenage years at the end of that. And so that's definitely a <laughs> the challenge and then adulthood. <laughs> yeah. And then the next seven years they're going, they're moving into adulthood and then sometimes they're moving out. And a lot of times in that, in that third seven year period, by the end of it, the parents or the adults, you know, are, are looking at each other and they're saying, who are you? You've spent 21 years focusing on all these other things and you don't even have a relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because all you talk about is the kids. And focus on the kids, and the kids are gone, and just like, okay, what do we talk about? What do we do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I did want to bring this up. Someone mentioned today that Blue Cross Blue Shield is waiving co-pays for telehealth with therapists because of COVID. Oh. And um, somebody confirmed that, but double check. If you've got Blue Cross Blue Shield or anybody listening has Blue Cross Blue Shield and you want to talk to a therapist, Look into the telehealth option and see if they are waiving copays. That's really good to know. And I wonder if that's something available here in Canada. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, I forgot you were in Canada, but yeah, it may be. Yeah, because you got you guys have health care for everybody, right? Whatever we do. Uh, we do have health care. However, you know, things like therapy and, and that sort of stuff are, they're not free. So there's, <laughs> it's not, it's not uh, all it's completely all free. It's all like free. <laughs> yeah, everybody here thinks, oh, everything in Canada is free. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. Nothing's free. It's costing somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, I think that your relationship with your stepdaughter has already begun to heal. And how long ago was it that stepson quit coming? It was just last week. Oh, wow. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's, it's very fresh. Okay. That puts things in a whole different perspective. I was thinking like a year ago or six months ago. 
Uh, yeah. She yeah. still she still got the singed hairs when <laughs> from the fire that took place. Yeah. From the yeah. fire from the lightning bolt off his butt when he ran out the door. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So and the, so like I said, there's a lot of different sort of pieces with that. You know, he's turning 18 next month. His work is where his mom lives. And so naturally he doesn't have his license. So naturally it does make sense for him to be out there. And and I do think that it's just kind of time for him to pick a place to live and I think you know he he did mention to his dad that he's he's tired of packing up and going back and forth so naturally Mm -hmm. a kid's gonna pick the place of the path of least resistance and that's at his mom's and so I I can't I can't sit here and blame myself a hundred percent because I think where he's at he's in a good place he's got what he needs there and and he's where he needs to be for his work and things like that so yeah. I need to remind myself of those things too. You should have said, do you not realize I'm going to be on this podcast next week? You cannot move out now. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. <laughs> just wait a week, please. Just wait a week. <laughs> and I know that is hard on your husband or your partner. And I know it's hard on you. And part of you probably feels a sense of relief that you're not having to deal with him coming and going there's still is changes for you. It's changes for your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's confusing because yes, I do have a sense of relief, but I also have such a sense of sadness and, and empathy for my partner and also guilt for being part of that for sure. What's the relationship like with your bio son and your stepson? It's been pretty off and on. Like I said, at the beginning, they were two peas in a pod. In fact, we, <laughs> it's a funny story. Before we had moved in together, my partner and I had been kind of just seeing each other. And we had a, a day plan where we were going to let the boys meet. And sure enough, they somehow met each other online and went past us and ended up meeting in person. And my son was at my partner's house and he texted me and I said, yeah, he's said, I'm over at, I'm over at myself, like, my soon-to-be stepdad's house. <laughs> That's right. And I was like, what the heck? So yeah, they became really good friends. Now, you know what? They've grown into two different people and that's okay. They don't, they don't not get along. They're just, they're two different people, you know? So, yeah. Has your son said yeah. anything about stepson leaving or does he even know that he's not really coming yeah. back? He knows. Um, he's pretty indifferent. Uh, my son's very busy. He's not home a lot. If he's, if he's not working or at school, he's out with his buddies or girlfriends. So I think he's pretty indifferent about it. He is aware that there's some tension and some, you know, issues in the home. And mm. I think he understands, but yeah, like I said, he's pretty indifferent at this point. Well, I do want to ask you something because you said that y'all had both started not showing. Mm-hmm. So why do you feel like stepson left because of you? That's a great question. And I think probably because not showing happened too late, perhaps. I also think that maybe I wasn't not showing um, Brad and I maybe sorry, my partner and I, let's rewind that. My partner and I may not have been um, not showing maybe by the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I would tell my partner, stepson needs to pick up the cups from the basement and I, I just, I don't want them down there anymore. The plates can't be sitting down there getting moldy. And he would tell him in such a way that it definitely was, <laughs> it, it was coming from me. It wasn't coming from dad. Danielle so said I, you need to pick those plates up downstairs. <laughs> yeah. We, we needed to get you in the academy 
a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, the not showing definitely failed. We would have got an F if we had taken the test. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should come up with but a nacho assessment. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Honestly, though, I, I, I didn't find out about the, you know, the disengaging in the nacho program until quite recently. And honestly, if I had known about this, you know, three years ago, I would have been on it and I would have had my partner reading about it and, and learning it. And be, he would have been totally supportive of this. So, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but mm-hmm. it is what it is, right? But, you know, the principles of the Nacho Kids Method, they not only apply to when you're blending, the kids aren't in the house. It still applies. You can apply these things at work. Most of it is lowering your stress. Right. And identifying your triggers and figuring out how to deal with those triggers if you can't avoid them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just keep in mind, we didn't we didn't create this methodology while things were new and fresh and great and we avoided all these problems. This these are the things we learned to get out of a very deep, bad place. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter how badly damaged things are, there could still be some, some positive changes and mending that can happen. And that's, and that's where we were. We were at the break of, uh, of divorce. I mean, it was honestly, I think, you know, either one of us was just waiting on the other one to drop the shoe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If I wouldn't have sold my house, we would have been divorced. Yeah. So it was, it was almost like, well, if she asked for a divorce, that'd be fine. And she's probably saying, yeah, if he asked for a divorce, that'd be fine. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm just, but if you do it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, and I think you have a good point there, David. It's, I think you can use these in, in your home life too, with your partners, you know, and for me, it's, I need to pick my battles. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that I feel like I nitpick with and I nag on and I need to really, I'm creating my own stress and I don't need yes. that. And I need yes. to, I need to pick my battles and I need to let things go. And that is something I will admit that I'm not great at and I am working at. So if that's one of the principles that I definitely have been focusing on getting better at. Well, it takes practice. And remember, I had to disengage, which is the first step of the process, fully Mm -hmm. for a year before I was able to start reengaging. Now, granted, throughout that year, I did a lot of self-assessment and changing my perspective on things and learning to pause and think before I spoke and things like that. Mm -hmm. But really, it took us a year to heal all of us. We were all hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah. not like a complete heal. That was like just enough to <laughs> That that was just enough for me to go, Hey, how are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And them go, Good, how are you? Now and and don't misunderstand because if you've listened to any of the podcasts I've had with the stepkids, we've got great relationships. hmm I texted one of them today and so I'm I'm still in touch with them and I still give them a hard time, but I can do that now. Mm-hmm. If they do something wrong, I'm like, boy, what is wrong with you? What are you thinking? Whereas <laughs> pre-Nacho, I could have never done that because right. they would have gotten defensive. They would have gotten mad. David would have gotten defensive thinking I was talking bad to his kids. But now everybody knows that I love them. Not like my son, but I love them and I want what's best for them. And anything I say to them comes from my heart, even if yeah. it's criticism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but there's never a time, at least I don't believe, because we've not 
got there yet, but I don't think there's ever a time when nothing bothers you about the kid. So I, if I say something about Jackson that rubs her the wrong way, it, it, it doesn't, you can't look at each other and go, uh, well, you know, you're, you're the nacho queen. This should not bother you. It's not about it not bothering you. It's about you understanding how to deal with those feelings and emotions, how to respond to it, how to have a conversation about it. Those yeah. are the things that change. How not to flip out yeah. and turn into the exorcist. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think we really need to allow ourselves to have those feelings. It's okay to have those feelings. There's yes, nothing wrong absolutely. with those feelings and emotions. It's how we deal with them. It's how we react to those. And I think that's that's where the, the line is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you you want to be able to have whatever emotion you're having. Because they're real. You need to identify mm-hmm. them and yeah. deal with them. Just understand that your your emotion doesn't need to always come out in anger. If that's the case, then there's some other issues that you need to work on. But when you <laughs> feel right. something, this is where you notice that people are making a lot of progress is they feel something and they stop and they start, as you put earlier, living in the moment mm-hmm. where you're, you're at like live, you know, in real time going, what's happening here? Why, why am I feeling this way? And you start asking yourself these questions literally asking yourself these questions and you start getting some answers, which is really weird because you answer your own questions, but it's you, those personalities you yeah, talk about, David, you, you start going, wait a minute. Wow. This is interesting. Why I feel this way. And it, and then you can start using better terminology to have that conversation with the person and say, this is why I feel this way. You know, when right, you, cause it's not a reaction. Yeah. I, when you did this, I felt this way and I just, you know, let's have a discussion about it because nobody typically wants to, you know, just run around and tick people off all the time. David does. He's a button pusher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm just trying to, um, I'm trying to give you a broader emotional spectrum. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's interesting if if and when you do that, it it really helps you understand yourself. Self awareness is an amazing tool, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can only do that by stopping and really kind of asking yourself these questions about why you feel the way you do, or why you th- why are you thinking the way you're thinking right now, and it yes. and what you uncover is sometimes profound. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we get wound up about something and we take it out on our significant other or even our kids or our stepkids, when in reality, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the stress from work, the stress from bills, whatever, but they were just the target. Yes. Why not instead take a time out? Mm -hmm. Think about why you're feeling that way, whether that's Sometimes you need to just journal that out. Sometimes you say it out loud in a mirror. That's mm-hmm. sometimes what sometimes what I do. I write sticky notes, write those unhelpful thoughts down, and and ask yourself why you're having those before right. you react. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got dry erase boards everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It becomes yes. my, the extension of my brain is what they become, and so yeah, mm-hmm. I write them down all the time. And you know, if you need to set a timer because you're mad, say David does something that makes me mad. Then I can say, what you know, happens a lot, but (laughs) I can say, okay, I'm going to set my timer for five minutes and I'm going to be mad. 
Well, after about a minute and 15 seconds, I'm like, good God, how long is five minutes? Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, you got four more minutes, darling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then I have to add another five minutes because I get to get mad about that. And next thing you know, I've been sitting there a half hour just watching the clock going, hang on, I'm still supposed to be mad. Yeah. But if I, I found out, though, Danielle, if I make her mad enough, she starts cleaning. And so, you know, if the house kind of gets untidy, as you put it, and I'll just, you know, I'm like, all right, it's time to make her mad. <laughs> I stress clean too, so I hope my partner doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, but it's not no, but- healthy. It's you know, it's no, it's not healthy because no. I have very evil thoughts when I'm stress cleaning. <laughs> and then in the middle of the night I find myself wanting to put your face under the pillow and I'm like, Okay, Lori, let's think about this. Why are you having these feelings? <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, it's because yeah. David pushed your button 17 times yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why I keep waking up with a pillow on top of my head. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I will say, anything. though, that, you know, my partner and I actually do verbally take timeouts from each other if we're both feeling heated, and that has worked really well for us. Mm-hmm. So we yes. know we're just starting to get heated a little bit, our body's starting to get hotter. We're just recognizing some of those feelings that come right before something explodes. We recognize those now and we we just say, you know what? I need to take a time out for myself. I am going to take a break and we'll go for a walk or someone will leave the room. Someone will go do something. And that has saved so many, so many fights. Yeah. And, and it's just something so little you can do just to lower your emotions a little bit, get more right. level and then come back to the problem. Yeah. Think about all of the things you did not say because you did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. the thing is, is to make sure that your partner understands that, yeah, we're just taking a break. You're not walking mm-hmm. away from the conversation. You're not saying you'll never bring it up again. You're just tabling it for a minute to cool off. Yeah, yeah. that's the important piece is you come back to it. You know, I just need a break from this. Let's talk about this in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can do like I used to do and be like, oh, you want to talk about that? Let's talk about it. Let's let's do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to be like that too. <laughs> let's get everything out on the table. And I mean, you're talking about destroying an entire conversation with nothing but angry words you're throwing back and forth. <laughs> Remember mm-hmm. five years ago when you did this? <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. It, it is just the absolute wrong time. When you're, when you're feeling those emotions, you are not going to have a good conversation. It's, it is right. rarely possible for that to happen. Mm-hmm. When you're in that emotional state, your, your frontal cortex actually isn't functioning properly. So your logical thinking isn't, isn't working properly. So logically speaking, it's just not a good time to start talking about things when you're feeling emotionally heightened. It's just not a good time. Have you been listening to me, Danielle? <laughs> Actually, I think you said that on the last Q&A call. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. It's so yeah. true. But I want you to remember something, too, that right now with things being so fresh with what happened with your stepson, you and your husband, or your partner, sorry, are both hurting. Hurt people hurt people. Be careful with your words. Thank you. Thank you. And if he says something ugly to you, say, be careful with your words. <laughs> I know you're just trying to hurt me because you're hurting, but be careful with your words. Yes. Yeah. No, that's great advice, Lori. Thank you. I'm rubber. You're glue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Every so often, I don't, I don't recommend doing this a lot, but sometimes throwing in those pattern interrupts during a time like that <laughs> can really diffuse things. Just lighten the mood a little. Yeah, it can. Sometimes it'll be like, every time you you know trying to do something serious, you want to joke around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they can, I they can appreciate can, that. Yeah. So that can work sometimes, but other times it could be too much. Yeah, like when you're trying to record a podcast intro or outro, and then you end up having to edit 30 minutes out of it because David wanted to joke half the time. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I ought, to, I ought to release the real stuff. You should. And people will be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, Lori. And we're like, release another <laughs> blooper reel. Do another one. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Danielle, it has been great with you sharing your story with us and our listeners. And I have 100% faith in you that your relationship with your stepdaughter will continue to heal and your stepson will heal and that you and your partner will be able to build a stronger relationship because of which I've been through. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And it was really a pleasure to talk today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, if you ever need us, you know where we are. Where are we? Awesome. (laughs) Well, she's in Canada. I know that much. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Where are we? Oh, my gosh. We're at home, David. How many times do I have to remind you? Well, and I appreciate the, all the work you guys have put into this program and all the, the support that you give to all of these these families. So thank you guys so much. You're welcome. And thank you for being a guest. Yep. All right. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. I really hope that Danielle and her significant other are going to seek marriage counseling to discuss these issues because I know if Jackson left and went to go live with his dad, and said it was because of you, David, you and I would not have a very good relationship. It's more likely that he would leave his dad to come stay with me. I understand that, (laughs) but I'm just saying. Because I'm awesome. Well, (laughs) Danielle might be awesome, too. Sure she is. She was just a scapegoat. Mm, Yeah. Yep, that's a new word. Instead of stepmom, it's scapegoat. Stepgoat. It's not (laughs) stepgoat. (laughs) that's a little much when she talks about her significant other saying you're the reason my kids aren't here or they left because of you of course that hurts her feelings it hurt my feelings for her yeah that had to be terrible I know at one point your kids didn't want to come here because of me I didn't want to come here because of you what (laughs) I didn't want to come here because of them or you. <laughs> I know. Nobody wanted to be here. We only had a house. Only, had a reason, house. only reason I came here is because of my sweet baby boy. Uh, I just came for the dog. <sighs> so I, <laughs> the other day we were talking about leaving. I don't remember how we got on this subject. Um, do you remember how we got on the subject? Talking about leaving what? Oh, you were talking about hooking up with one of your son's ex-girlfriends. Oh my God! Please said, put this in. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and hold I on. said, hold wait on. a minute. Put, no, put that in context. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Oh my God! And I said, I said that's fine. I'll take my baby boy and we'll go. Won't be no skin off my back. And he said, "What about the dogs?" I'm like, "You can have them." <laughs> <laughs> and Jackson's like, "No, not Ziva." <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You ain't right. All right, move right along. Oh, so you don't want me to put it in context? 
Yeah, I prefer you do that, but <laughs> geez. So yeah, one of the kids dated this little girl that um just say that she wanted to be in the family so bad that when they broke up, she hit on the brother and then was pretty much hitting on David. So she was trying to be a Sims one way or another. God bless her heart. <sighs> yeah. Goodness. So she would text David, happy birthday. Yeah. Anyway. That don't mean nothing. She's just being nice. Yeah, but I can't remember what you said yesterday. She wasn't being nice. You said she wanted this. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that's all, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Remember, life is good. <laughs> when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.